When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I speak to Liam Cormier of Cancer Bats and it's a great chat. Uh, we do it over Zoom. We recorded it on the 17th of December in 2020, uh, just as the UK had gone back into tier three lockdown, whatever tiers it is now, but yeah, so... Uh, yeah, the, the, the cogs of the world started to slow down again at this point. And Liam was at home uh, in Canada. And, uh, and we have a lovely chat, which you're about to hear. Um, before we have that chat, just I'd like to thank uh, Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network, uh, 76, for producing this podcast. And, and also, if this is your first time listening to Off the Beaten Track, then when you get to the end of this episode, um, go and explore the back catalogue because there's over 200 episodes um, with a vast array of, of, of musicians, actors, producers, DJs, as diverse as James Lavelle to Chic to Public Enemy um, to, gosh, uh, Tommy Lee, Frank Carter, Dan P. Carter, um, Melanie C., um, gosh... There's 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 a big bundle of of, of amazing musicians, um, if if that's your thing, um, to to go and explore. So go and have a rummage when you get to the end of this episode. Um, and also, if you'd like to support this podcast, uh, I have a Patreon that accompanies it, where each week I put up four radio shows and video episodes and such. So you can support the podcast over there, and any helps really really appreciate. This is a a labour of love, and it's a it's a glorious labour of love as well. I love doing this, um, and uh, and yeah, well, I, I think I'm kind of done waffling. All of the things that I've already waffled about, you can find out about at www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. That's beat and track, not beaten. Um, let's get on with it. Please enjoy off the beat and track podcast with Liam Cormier of Cancer Bats. <laughs> It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Okay, we're recording. Sitting opposite me today, Liam Cormier. Hello. Hello. How are you, mate? I'm doing really good. How are things with you? I'm okay. I'm okay. Whereabouts are you right now? So I'm on the east coast of Canada uh, in a city called Halifax. So right on the Atlantic coast. 
So we we should mention that we're recording this on the the seventeenth of December. So what's what's the kind of the lockdown situation where you are right now? Um, so ours has been relatively chill uh, up until the last two weeks. We've had like restaurants have been closed um, and just doing takeout. So restaurants and bars are closed, uh, but people are like being asked to like limit their travel. But like all the shops and malls and stuff are still open just at like a reduced capacity. So it's like relatively chill out here. And so how have you found 2020, Liam, as both as both a human and, yeah. a, and a creative? Uh, I mean, there's definitely been the the kind of like weird emotional roller coaster that has, I would say, as a as a creative. Um, I mean, like the idea of like really what we're you're always working towards something. Like for the last fifteen years, I've always had this like you know, 18 month or two year kind of like projected schedule. Yeah. Uh, so to then have like moments like, you know, over the summer where it was just like, we don't know. Like, and it's like, you're supposed to be working on new stuff, like supposed to be like working, you know, on a new record or working on some new things. And then people are like, yeah, we don't know if you can play shows until like 2021 or 2022. So, you know, I wouldn't be like, looking to book anything and i still am like yeah i don't know what's happening so i found that as like yeah as like a creative person as someone who's been like working at like music but more so at at touring and like cancer bats is like a live band Hmm. you know what i mean like we put out records and that's cool but like that's in no way why I like want to be in a hardcore band, you know, it's like the, for me, the like touring and shows and like that connection with like our fans is like what like really makes me want to like continue being in this band. Um, so to have that kind of like happen was like really weird and was like, Oh, like, uh, it was really hard in a lot of ways, but then flip flop, like as Liam, the human, um, I had like an amazing time, like not touring, you know, like being at home and being able to be like a boyfriend and like being able to like be, you know, someone who like can make plans with someone like to be like, yeah, let's skateboard, man, let's skateboard every single nice day for the rest of the summer. And it's like, I've never done that. Like, yeah. To, like, have a bunch of people, like, I really love, like, riding dirt bikes. That's, like, one of the reasons why I moved out to the coast here. And, like, I've ridden dirt bikes more in this year than I have in my entire life of dirt biking. And that's, like, going on multi-day trips. That's, like, doing all this stuff. It's, like, I got to a point with dirt biking where I, like, had to, like, uh, bow out of going because I was so sore and, like, so tired that I was, like, I can't ride, like... I can't ride like, you know, five days in a week yeah. because it's just too physically exhausting. And I'm like, I never thought I would have that point like ever. Yeah. So that side of things like, man, I'm like having the best summer ever. Wonderful. Well, let's talk records, Liam. And for track one, I'm going to ask you what song you regard as having. Yeah, I'm excited about this. I like this. Uh, the I greatest like ever intro. Records. 
<laughs> Greatest ever intro. Okay, so I picked Damage Incorporated yeah. by Metallica. Um, and the the reason, like, okay, there's obvious, like, you listen to the song and you're like, this is crazy. But also, when I was a kid, the the reason why I found out about this song was it was featured as, like, the intro to this, like, legendary, like, snowboard video uh, by this, like, Canadian bunch of, like, West Coast guys called Whiskey. And it was, like, the gnarly kind of, like, like, they were, like, getting drunk and, like, doing backflips and smashing bottles over their heads and, like, riding dirt bikes. And, like, it was just this wild counterculture side of, like, of snowboarding. And this was the whole intro. So, like, as, like, you know, they're blowing fireballs and they're, like, doing backflips and, like, all of this stuff was set to, like, Damage Incorporated. And then when the song kicks in, they started just, like, smashing bottles over their heads. Like, beer bottles. Yeah. And I was talking about this actually the other day because, like, I feel like that video was so influential to so many of us. Like, I saw it when I was, like, probably 13 years old and I was just, like... Yes, this is everything. Oh. And I I still think of that and I still get this like charged feeling like when I like hear that whole like intro yeah. that like man by the time the like the like guitars and everything come in you're just like oh, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly this you know I'm 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 47 so I'm a lot older than you and and in the early 90s discovered so many bands through like just skate videos that were just like VHSs that were being passed around and they're like what's that who's that and it was like you know we'd we'd find out about so much new music through skate videos yeah we would pause the the credits yeah (laughs) we would write down the bands and then we would go to HMV and we would just like show like our list of the people who work there and we'd be like okay I need Pennywise I need yeah you know, like this Metallica album and we'd like get all this stuff and like, yeah, have our minds blown. I feel like there's so many people that that was like the like starting point for music. So I, I want to ask you just before we, we, we get on to track two about intros and, and, and in the time, you know, from, from when Cancer Bats first started to, to now, I guess we've seen the, a massive evolution in, in streaming services uh, you know, as the places where people now get most of their music, and 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 these kind of changes in how people listen to music has that affected in any way your approach to songwriting and the intro as well? Yeah, I was I was gonna say that too because I think the the like the long intro, you know, is is such like uh like the medium is the message, you know, like when you were locked into a cassette like, or, like, on a, an LP, like, you wouldn't skip past any of these intros, mm. you know? Whereas I think now we have, like, the culture, like, you need to grab somebody within, like, the first, you know, 10 seconds yeah. of a song. So, like, for us, like, Cancer Bats, like, when we put out The Spark That Moves, that was our first, like, first streaming album. And, like, man, we made sure that, like, the intro to Gatekeeper is like 14 seconds, you know, like it is not overindulgent. Yeah. It like, it like really like gets to the point of the song, um, which like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm like, if I'm like upset by that, 
you know, or if it's kind of nice to be like, okay, like you just like step up to the challenge that's given. Yeah. But, uh, man, there is something to be said about like, yeah, like that, a long, like a minute long bass intro. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's mad, right? And- or I think of like NIB too. Like NIB has that really cool like bass intro that like happens before like the song kicks in. And it's like, even when we play that song, like we don't do the bass intro. Yeah. We just like go straight into it. And maybe that's also, again, just like the shifting of the times. Yeah. You know? I think there's a big shift in attention spans now uh, you know I, yeah I, I think people are so used to you know everything moving so quickly and uh and oh yeah you think about like tiktok now we're like editing videos to be 15 seconds long yeah you know 30 seconds feels like an eternity yeah yeah crazy it's like yeah it's kind of yeah i i like it though like that's the thing like i also like like having to like step up to some of these like like new ways of like doing things and like making something like more to the point, you know, and like trying to be a little bit more, I mean, again, like 90s snowboard videos, that was like the era of jump cuts Mm. too. Yeah. Like vice versa. When you were like trying to edit something to go with like a ministry song, like you had to be like, like all of these That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. It kind of like, I feel like that, like that whole scene almost like yeah like was like ahead of its time yeah in some of that like editing that was happening track two Liam first song you remember hearing that had an emotional effect on you please oh yeah this one was actually was tough okay uh because uh, I was like well what you know what I mean like you think of like emotional kind of like impacts but uh I finally like came around and, and I picked Hurt by Nine Inch Nails, um, which I remember like obviously like Nine Inch Nails like having like such a huge kind of like following from everyone in the 90s. Like I think when Downward Spiral came out and I was like coming from like punk, like skate punk specifically uh and like indie rock so i like knew like kind of like oh yeah like listening to like sonic youth and like stuff like that and i liked how punk nine inch nails was but i feel like it wasn't until i watched like specifically that music video like the live like with all the like the edits and like the whole scene and like trent reznor like really singing the shit out of that song like i feel like that's when it all clicked for me and I was just like, yeah, because that visual aspect, I feel like it was fun, too, because when I was thinking about this, I was like, I, I don't know if it was exactly at the at the same time, but I remember watching Akira, like, for the first time, like, in 1995, mm-hmm. and I remember this song, like, happening kind of, like, around the same time, and I was just like, it was, like, the heaviest like two like pieces of art that like came into my life and i remember just like you know probably like walking around like a deer in the headlights for like the next week (laughs) like i felt like i was like contemplating like the end of akira like blew my mind and i was like just listening to like nine inch nails hurt on my like like headphones and i was just like what is life (laughs) (laughs) and and hearing and 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 
you know, it's actually seeing as well that, you know, that performance uh, of, of Nine Inch Nails. What was the emotion? I think just that, the, that like, heavy weight of the world. And I think that's what, like, maybe, like, visually, I really like all of those, like, atomic bomb, like, realizing that the world is going to, like, put you through heavy things that you have no control over. Yeah. You know, and I think it was that, like, real feeling, like, that just, like, oh, yeah, there's things that are, like, way bigger than you, you know what I mean, that are going to come and happen. And maybe that was just, like, that apocalyptic kind of, like, idea. Yeah. And, again, like, really thinking about it now as we're talking about it, I think it was just, like, all of those visuals of, like, you know, really, like, the end of the world. Like, I feel like that song, like, really sums up some of those feelings of like helplessness yeah like in terms of like what's happening and maybe that's very true to like even as i'm saying it like what's happening right now like those points that you can really like feel that heaviness of kind of like the universe on you yeah that's a heavy record hurt man oh yeah and it's so funny that like i know i had heard that song but again like maybe it just like didn't when you're listening to like March of the Pigs and like some yeah. of those other tracks, you're just like, yeah, this is like, yeah. I'm up for this. This makes me want to slam dance. Yeah. <laughs> and what's weird is, you know, we, we, we should mention a nod to the Johnny Cash cover. And, yeah. and, and as, as, as good as that is, again, you know, when I hear Nine Inch Nails, I also picture that performance. When I hear the Johnny Cash thing, that video was a powerful video as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That was one that just stopped me in my tracks. And I was like, you know, my, I'm like literally like rolling around the floor. And like my wife's like, what, why, why are you doing it? I'm like, do you not get this? Look, look, yeah. you know, it's like, it's one of them videos that's just. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's a, again, like, I think like the, the visual and the, like the reinterpretation, like, like Johnny Cash, like, really making that like such like a personal song it's like yeah so crazy okay track three the song reminds you of your time at school please oh yeah this one (laughs) back up we're like (laughs) when i was thinking about this it like very quickly like took me to like just like skate punk like for me like I was, like, super into skateboarding, like we said, like, getting skateboard videos. And, like, the whole, like, Southern California, like, Fat Records, like, skate scene is, like, what we were, like, obsessed with. Like, face-to-face, lag wagon, no use for a name, like, and no effects, like, Punk and Drublick. Like, that album, to me, like, was just, it was everything. Like, it was, like, okay, you can be really fun. You can also be super political. You can be really technical, but you can also be really bad at playing or bad at singing and it'll still all work. Like I felt like that was such like a huge band for me that like really just like motivated me to like just like do everything. And to like be like the song Linoleum. I mean, I could pick any song off that record really, but I felt like I love that song being so weird. And about everything and nothing, yeah. like all at the same time. Yeah, totally. Like, like you're just like, oh, it's such like a weird slice of life of like kind of like California, like beach culture, 
which has nothing to do with like a Canadian kid. Yeah. You know, like we have no beaches where I live, <laughs> like, but somehow like that, I was just like, Oh yeah, this, like, I know the lyrics to the song, like within two times of like hearing it. Uh, and that really just being like, like I can picture myself, like again, listening to like a dubbed cassette version of that as I'm like skateboarding through my hometown. Um, how, how, yeah. did, how did you find school? Uh, I was I was cool with school. I liked it. I wasn't like um, like overly picked on by like that point when I was like in high school. I had kind of like I had this like group of friends that were skateboarders. We were all super tight. But then for the most part, like I was friends with everybody in my high school. So I was definitely like, yeah, I had a good time. I couldn't wait to get out and like kind of like move past all of the like weirdness that is yeah. high school and jocks and you know, rich kids and that kind of stuff. But for the most part, like, yeah, I had a good time. Did you know what you wanted to be when you was at school? Oh, I had no clue. <laughs> I do think it's really funny because like, when I look back, like I did, like all of the things that I was passionate about are what I'm doing now. Like I was like, I know I want to like design clothes and I know I want to play in a band and I know I want to like be doing like these things. And I want to like, you know, like be creative. And like, no one was like, I mean, I don't even know what I would say to a kid at that point. Like you should sing in a punk band and start your own clothing brand. But like, I felt like those ideas, I like roughly knew what they were, but in a lot of ways, like no one kind of like could point me in the right direction. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, so I was like, I guess I'll just work at skate shops and like try and figure this out and play in bands. And like, I feel like at that time, like in the late nineties, it was very much like there wasn't an example I could even show to someone as like what I wanted to do, especially being like a Canadian kid, 
Cause like there was like, that was happening like in the States. And like, I knew of like some bands that were like going to the States to do it. But for me in like, you know, a small town, like outside of Toronto, like I was like, Oh, okay. I guess I'll go to university and maybe that'll help like figure this out. So I feel like I knew and I didn't at the same time. I mean, you know, I've seen you perform and you know, you, you know the confidence comes across as you know when you're you're on stage um you know at school and and you know in the years before you know you was you was in a band performing was you was you confident yeah i definitely found that side of things like i never had planned to be like a singer in a band like that wasn't what i like looked up to i always wanted to play drums yeah and I always thought that was what I would like end up doing. Um, and I just like got asked to sing because like a friend of mine like saw me. I was probably singing along to Linoleum by no effects like at a show. And I was like just kind of like goofing around singing for all my friends and like knew all the lyrics to the song. And my friend John asked me to like sing in his punk band that he had already started. And he was like, we just need a singer or he was singing and playing guitar. And he was like, I don't like that. Like we need to get like a front person. Um, and that was it. So I was just like, Oh, like I can ham it up. Like I can like be this, you know, front person. And I like, I like that. Like I thought it was really fun. Um, and then like realized like I could actually like say something more when we started getting into hardcore and like, realizing that like there was this like message like obviously like you know like a linoleum style like song about whatever i really realized like i was more like drawn towards the political side of like a no effect song or like for us like growing up in canada like propaganda is like the biggest you know kind of like band for all of us and it was like oh okay yeah like this is really cool and fun and like ska is great and whatever, but like also there's like tons of serious stuff that I like really want to like step up and be writing about and like want to be listening to. And I feel like that was once I like, yeah, learned about hardcore. Yeah. It was kind of like, Oh, okay. Now I'm moving on to like, you know, this whole kind of like thing that's happening. Before we, uh, we're going to go back again just briefly for track four. And, uh, and it's the first, track you remember buying from a record store yeah i like this one because again i feel like this goes back to like the days of cassettes uh and having a very limited income yeah. like you know like scraping together whatever the 12 dollars it would be to buy a cassette and uh and i found this like acdc live uh cassette and i was like oh this is perfect because like I found like the idea of like you go to the Led Zeppelin section and there's like, you know, 12 albums to choose from, but you don't know which like, you know, like the hits or whatever. Mm. And same with like any, like, I was like, Oh man, like I like the, you know, like, like the beastie boys, but like there's a bunch of cassettes that like don't really make any sense to me. Whereas like, I found this like ACDC like cassette and you're like, Oh, this is all the song. This is TNT. This is like, you know, Thunderstruck, this is, like, everything. Back in Black, like, sick. And I remember, like, buying that and just being, like, like, I felt like I had, like, beat the system. 
and it was live, you know, like it has all this like energy, but yeah, the start of like, it's like, I think it's just called ACDC live. Yeah. And like, it starts with thunderstruck and like the crowds like chanting, you know, the, like the intro as like they're playing it and like, yeah, it's definitely an epic. How, um, how important, you know, were, were record shops for you growing up and, and, and how important are they for you now? I mean, growing up in the 90s, I felt like they were, it was such like a huge thing because there was no internet, mm. you know? So those people that I met, like who worked at the shops and who would recommend records, um, like going to HMV was like my first like record shop where like I felt confident enough to like ask the people working there. Like I said, when we would come in with our list, like those guys wouldn't make fun of us. They were like stoked mm. that we were like getting cool stuff and they would like recommend other bands like that were going on to be like, Oh, you like this band? Like you should also check yeah. out this or like, Oh, if you like this, like we have this record. And yeah. I felt like that was like such a, an important like community yeah. to like feel a part of like, kind of like early days of like punk rock before yeah. you like really got into this community where people were like, you're straight edge. Listen to these, you know, 25 yeah. bands. And like, you like metalcore? Like, okay. I have like a list of bands for you. I felt like growing up, like, yeah, like the, the HMV that was like a huge kind of like spot. Yeah. There was also, um, like a cool guy record store, uh, like, in my hometown that sold like t-shirts and stuff. But the dudes who worked there were like, they were tatted. They were way more intimidating. So I felt like it wasn't until like later, like I would go to the cool guy shop and I would like buy, uh, like a t-shirt. Like I'd buy a nine inch nail shirt and just like give the money and like run out the door. (laughs) And then like, eventually I became friends with those guys. And like, as like when I came in, like as a hardcore kid or I'd be like ordering like, you know, like Nashville pussy and like, like just like garage kind of records. And they were like, Oh, okay. You're cool. <laughs> like, well, it's, we'll say what's up to you. It's fucking ridiculous, isn't it? Cause that's all over the world that, you know, there's always those guys in that cool record shop and you just want to get their nod of approval, you know? Yeah. And you feel judged when you take your record up to buy it. It's fucking mad, isn't it? Oh, it's crazy. And then you're like, you're trying to like be like, Nick Cave, I'm buying a Nick Cave record. And they're like, okay. Okay, I guess. Or I'm like buying like Turbo Negro records like in the 90s to be like, oh, uh, am I cool? Am I cool enough? You know, you're like a little, it's so funny. But like skate culture is like that yep, too. Yep. Like it's so weird. Like I feel like to describe that now to like a kid and to be like, but this was an important part of like figuring out my, my yeah. way of the world. And then everyone would be like, what? No, that's just bullying. Like, yeah. What that? yeah. You know, it's like, it's so funny. Or like, gate, it's like this gatekeepy idea that you don't want to let anyone into your culture. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I do like now I think about like all those, you know, like times like going to like those stores that when you do finally like get accepted, it's such a win, you know, like you feel so cool. It's so tragic though. Yeah. Even when I started, honestly, like 
when I was living in Toronto and I was like going in the, the, the Toronto staple is a shop called rotate this. Yeah. And it's like the best. I still go there all the time uh, when I'm in town. But like, even when I was like, like we had like the cancer bats, like EP, like first demo. And I remember being like, Hey, do you guys want to listen to my band? Like you were like trying to like get in with the cool guys. <laughs> and I remember like playing them like the Cancer Rats EP and being like, check it out. This is my band. This is what we're doing. And they were like, oh, yeah, this is cool. And then they they just like put on the new Baroness. It was like the Baroness first EP. Yeah. And they were just like, here's another band that just put out an EP. And it was just like, oh, just like being so defeated by this. I was just like, oh, my God, this band is so good. Like, all right. You win. Oh, do you know what? That's, that's crushing stuff like that. I remember years and years and years ago when I, I was in a band in, in, in the 90s and we'd, we'd, we'd done our first like proper demo. Uh, we, we'd hired a studio for like two days and like we, we, we just had this, we got this little demo tape and we'd sat there and we'd listened to it like in, in the speakers in, the, in this, this studio. And I remember thinking, oh man, I, I've just I've just written something that could sit on OK Computer, and yeah. I was going, oh, I've just literally changed the world here, and and I said like, oh, do you know it's got a Radiohead feel to it, and the, the guy that that we we paid like two hundred pounds to, to to do this two day recording for us, he went, I tell you what, he went let's and he put on OK Computer, and like the minute OK Computer come on like. My heart just dropped. I was like, "Oh no, actually, we haven't just yeah. created something that's going to be on Oakland Computer. We've just created a local band demo that stands a million miles away from that." I was like, "Yeah, all oh, right." And then what had happened? You'd then get that cassette, and then you'd go out the studio where the really lovely speakers are, and you'd put it in your little cassette player in your car, and then it'd sound really shit. And so you'd just oh, be driving dude. up, just broken. <laughs> yeah, the crushing wave of like, of, like, those points where you're just like, oh, yeah, no, no, no you're right. You're right. We're still miles away from this. Oh, brilliant. Um, for track five, the song that soundtrack your year's clubbing. Oh, yeah. I kind of answered both of these because I really liked both. Like, if you're like, but if you didn't go clubbing, also, what's your early days of yeah. the band? But, uh, yeah, I was actually, like, so in the 90s, I was, like, fortunate enough to live in this, like, really rad city that had an amazing drum and bass, like, kind of scene. So we had, like, tons of, like, jungle and, like, drum and bass and, like, in the 90s, I feel like in Canada, there was like such a crossover of like hip hop and like drum and bass. So if you were going to a hip hop night, you were also just going to a jungle night. Like that's kind of how it worked. And maybe just because like our scenes were so small. So I was like super into like 90s hip hop, um, like all of the East Coast stuff, like, you know, like Wu-Tang Clan and like... Smith and Wesson and Bootcamp Click and like Jared the Damager, like that was all like what I was super into. But then when we would go to like the club or whatever, it would be more like this drum and bass and like listening to Ronnie Size and like listening to like all this kind of stuff. But for me, like DJ Shadow was like the best. And like that kind of like really bridged that gap yeah. for me. Like that made a lot of sense in like, Oh, okay, this feels like really drum and bassy, 
but still has like this invisible scratch pickles kind of like turntablism that we're all really into and like has this kind of like hip hop feel with all the samples and like feeling really jazzy, but like also your speakers are going to break yeah, and like you want to crank this up. Um, and yeah, I really like, I still jam that record like all the time. Cause it's, introducing. Me, it's just like such, it pulls from like so many different genres. Introdu- I find it still introducing, like so yeah. inspiring. What's that? Sorry. Introducing. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That introducing album is like, it's crazy to, to even think of like how I've, how much of an effect yeah. that record had on so many people. Yeah like across the board and then fast forward like dj shadow still coming up with like the most relevant like that like um that like lp killer mike yeah like song like that Amazing. was just like everywhere yeah it's just like oh okay so you're still like on top of your game yeah. and like being like this incredibly important musician like i also find that like super inspiring Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. If you get a chance, Liam, I don't know if you've seen it already. Have you seen the, the, uh, the James Lavelle documentary, The Man from Moax? Oh, no. Oh, man, watch that. It's really, yeah. really cool. It, it talks about him setting the label up and 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 then obviously meeting Shadow, doing Uncle, and then falling out with Shadow. And just that this narrative runs throughout the documentary is like, is James Lavelle an artist or is he? Because, you know, Shadow's saying, look, you know, popping in the studio like once a week and going, oh, are you getting on with them beats? That's not making a record. You know, yeah. I was making the record, but then Lavelle created the whole visual and the, the whole thing as that made it what Uncle was as well. So it's a really good kind of argument throughout it all, and then they come back together at the end and do a show, and it's oh, it's, it's really good. If you like Shadow, like yeah, then then that yeah, documentary I mean, I also, is great. I love a, 
Love a music doc. Yeah, that's really good, man. It's, it's, it's in my top five music docs, that one. Yeah, for sure. I'll check that out. Well, um, you also want to talk about um, a track that was on uh, early on in the van, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so this, because I really love that question as well, because uh, I think of, like, early days, like, Cancer Bats, like, touring. Like, we just, like, wanted to be on tour nonstop. Yeah. Like, as much as, like, going to the studio and making something that we, like, felt was, like, you know, up to caliber. Like, all I wanted to do was, like, basically just play as many shows as we could. And I feel like this song, like, Modern Life is War put out this track, and it just summed up, like, tour like so so perfectly like all of the lines of just like dressing all in black like not being rich like not being pretty like for us like we really just had to work for it and like there's a line in it where he says 28 shows in 28 days and man i've made it like my personal goal to try and like do this to try and play and we would like we'd have like 27 shows or like we'd, we'd have like 28 shows like booked and then we'd, we'd have to have like a day off. Yeah. So like drive somewhere across Canada and you're just like, no, when are we going <laughs> to so be able close. to do <laughs> It was like such like, honestly, we, we didn't, we didn't hit it until 2009. Yeah. We played 28 shows or I mean, we played like we were on a 65 day tour with like Thursday and bring me the horizon. And there was 28 shows in a row. Uh, and I was just like, we finally, you're so <laughs> Oh man, I don't even care. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like that dead Ramon song. I like, man, we would be in the van, like middle of the summer, like in our underwear. Cause the van's overheating and we're like screaming along to this like song. Like to me, it just like always like sums up like early days of cancer bats. Oh, wonderful. What a lovely memory. Um, (laughs) For track three, uh, a favorite song from an artist from your home county. Oh, yeah. So this was tricky too, because I feel like, man, we're so, so lucky to like have like such a unique scene here. And like, honestly, like I could... I could do like probably of every genre I could do like my favorite, you know, like, like Canadian band for like indie rock. Like I loved like Canadian indie rock. I love Canadian folk. You know what I mean? Like, like for us, like Neil Young, like Joni Mitchell, like so much like rad stuff like comes from here, like the band, you know, like there's so many cool things that we like grow up on. So I found this one really tough because I was like, at the same time, like a band that's really close to us and like someone who we we kind of like really hit it off with, like in early days, um, was a band called Cursed. Now, these guys had been in a bunch of different hardcore bands. Um, and that was like really like the singer Chris Callahan was in a band called Countdown to Oblivion that my like punk band in high school played a show with and we broke up the next day we were just like this band showed up there was two singers they're wearing balaclavas they were like 
They played probably like for 10 minutes and like just terrorized the audience. The songs were like a minute long. And I remember just being like, everything we're doing is bullshit. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was just like, there's no point. Like, I'm like goofing around, like playing this punk show. And like, here's just the, the realest thing. And I was like, we went from being like a popular punk band to like a, an unknown hardcore band. But I was like, I don't even care. Because I was like, I can't, like, do anything else. Uh, And then from there, like, Chris was also in this band called The Swarm, which was, like, like an amazing straight-edge, like, hardcore band that was, like, wildly influential on all of us. And from there, they started this band, Cursed, that was, like, a mix of, like, Entombed, Iron Monkey, uh... And just like a, like old Sepultura, like it just had all of these vibes that for us, it it was also like the most important like Canadian band at the time. Like there was so much stuff going on, but I was just like, yeah, but like Cursed is like our band. Yeah. And like Cancer Rats, we were like super lucky to like, we got to play um, a ton of shows with them. They like took us out on like some of our like first tours were with Cursed. And I'm, I like still like Chris is still like a really good friend. Like they're just like, to me, like that was like the most important band for like cancer bats. And also for me, like growing up, I was like a hardcore kid. Like yeah. I could cite all of his bands, but like cursed for me is like the epitome of like, kind of like what he was doing. And like the band was political and like Chris would like talk about all these like crazy ideas in these like frantic kind of like speeches he would give in between songs. And it would just be like these little kids like sitting in the front stage. Like, oh my God. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's why I picked this song. Cause I feel like, yeah, there, there's so much that like Canadian hardcore kids owe to like Chris Callahan and uh, all of his projects. Great but job. this song, yeah. Also, Anytime I hear it, it makes me want to just, like, tear the room apart. Wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> well, for the last track, um, you get to play Tastemaker now, and it's a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. Yeah, this one, I feel like I'm, like, torn because I feel like there's, like, a million songs I want to, like, recommend for, like, a million different reasons. But, uh... For me, I don't even feel like Power Trip are, like, that unknown of a band. But I feel like I don't ever want people to forget how, like, incredible and important this band is. Um, Like, with Riley passing this year, and, like, for me, like, I really, like, Cancer Rats got to play shows with Power Trip, and I was, like, always, like, genuinely blown away by like how real this band was like, just like every show they play, they killed it. Whether there was like, they're playing in a basement that's like packed with a hundred people. Like they annihilate everyone. Like as if they're playing like an arena and like, they didn't even know it. That wasn't even their aspirations. They were just such a bigger band than like, I feel like anyone could even understand where, like, it was just so infectious and, like, so explosive when they would play. And, like, we got to play with them in Texas, and it was, like, anarchy. Like, they, like, literally, like, destroyed the bar. And it was just, like, the sickest show. 
and I, I feel like it's like, I don't want any of that to ever be lost Yeah. because like maybe this band isn't going to like keep going or like, obviously like Riley was such a important part of like, of that band. And for me personally, like as someone who like, I want heavy music to like keep growing and like, you know, like to, to see a band like that, that I really thought was going to take things like, like metal in general, I thought it was going to take things to the next level. Like instead of having someone be like, now we have to make like a radio rock song, or we should probably make our like Metallica black album. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, this record is going to be so heavy and like so important. And I feel like even if like, they don't put anything else out and this record just like lives on like for their legacy. Like I'm like, this is like equally easily the best like hardcore record that's come out in the last 10 years, easily the best like thrash metal record that's come out in the last like, you know, 20 years. It's just like, this to me is like the most important band. So I'm like, even though it, it like has a million plays, like, you know, it's like, I still think that like, you know, Power Trip is going to be one of those bands that we need to talk about forever. Well, we put together a Spotify playlist to accompany this podcast with all the oh, records sick. that we've uh, we've spoken about, so people will be able to go and listen to all your choices. Um, as we're sort of finding ourselves fast approaching uh, a new year, um, which will hopefully see us all reconnecting a little bit more, um, yeah. what are you looking forward to? in 2021 personally Liam and what's what's happening professionally um I mean personally and professionally I'm like really excited to like hang out with my dudes like uh I haven't physically been in the same like room as like any of the Cancer Bats guys yeah uh and that's probably been the hardest part of like this whole like people that I've seen every single day for like the last 15 years yeah to like not even be in the same room as them yeah. is like crazy. So professionally, it'll be great for us to jam. But personally, I just can't wait to like hang out with my best friends again and to like be reunited with those dudes. But in a way, like I'm really thankful to like have this year to like even be able to appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think we take some, so many things for granted and like the world has just been moving faster and faster you know so for us to like have a moment to even just like really appreciate and like miss our friends i like feel really fortunate to even be able to like to do that so yeah i'm re i'm really stoked for that yeah couldn't agree more couldn't agree more liam it's been an absolute pleasure talking records with you thanks so yeah, much for your time so fun. Thanks for having me on the show, man. This Thanks, has been great. Man. I'm just gonna jam all these songs now myself. <laughs> <laughs> Have a lovely Christmas, man. And uh yeah, and I hope Have to see you holiday. in the UK next year, man. Yeah, I really I'm hoping for some for some UK hangs. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Take care, man, and we'll hopefully see you soon. Best luck, brother. Bye bye. There you go. What a dude. Had a really, really nice time talking to Liam. Hope you got as much fun um, out of that listening as I did having that chat. Um, what, what a top guy. Um, 
yeah, go and uh, explore the playlist now. Go and check out all of Liam's song choices over on Spotify. And and like I said at the beginning, why not go and have a, a look in the archives of uh, this podcast and go and listen to some of the other episodes that have been recorded over the last two years. Um, I'm back next time. In the meantime, uh, be lucky, stay safe. Love you lots. See you soon. Bye-bye. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track Podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Hey,